Welcome back to Whitgift School, the podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we're talking IB, the International Baccalaureate. Emma Mitchell, Director of IB at Whitgift School, talks us through who the IB is aimed at, what the main benefits are for students. She addresses some of the concerns that some parents might have about IB and also what its future is in schools. So if you've ever wondered about the IB or even just want to know what it is, then this episode is especially for you. So let's step into this episode right now with Director of IB at Whitgift, Emma Mitchell. Emma, thank you for joining us here on this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm delighted to say we've got a wonderfully um, healthy sized IB cohort in the lower sixth just starting and a, a very well prepared and very diligent upper sixth cracking on with things. So yeah, gearing up for um, a really good year ahead, I think. Excellent. Yeah, I think everyone's gearing up for that good year ahead. The, 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 the concept of 2021 slash 22 definitely going to be different to the last academic year I think we can say that with absolute certainty um, or at least I hope we can is that right? Yeah I mean in the IB we are lucky enough to have a position of absolute clarity about what our assessments look like for the years going forward so in 2022 we've got a slightly reduced model the IB organisation in recognising the challenges that the current upper sixth experienced even last year and in the previous years have reduced the course content, so there are slightly fewer exams, a slightly higher emphasis on coursework, which I think the students really appreciate. They feel very respected in that. And we also know that for our current lower six, that they'll be examined on the full course, which, although not a concession, um, I think that certainty is something that we all as staff and, and a student body really appreciate. Mm. OK, right. So let's look at IB because that's kind of the main thrust of this uh, episode here on the podcast. Let's imagine that I'm a parent. I've never actually heard of International Baccalaureate. I don't know what it is. I've heard the phrase maybe, but apart from that, I don't know anything at all about it. What is it and why do I need to know more about it? So at Whitgift, we offer the IB Diploma Programme. It's a sixth form curriculum option that we have alongside A-levels. It's a curriculum option that's offered at over 3,000 schools worldwide in over 150 countries. And I think the key difference that it has with A-levels is that it's a little bit broader. So you'll study six subjects instead of four in the lower sixth. Okay. But the way in which students are uh, sort of receive their outcomes from the IB is slightly more generous than A-levels. The grade boundaries are slightly lower to accommodate that breadth that the students are studying. Um, there's no sacrifice in depth. So if you're doing higher level physics, that's my subject, you'll actually study slightly more content than you would in the equivalent A-level. Um, so you'll do a bit of quantum physics, for example, it goes a bit further into nuclear physics and energy production worldwide. But I think that um, the allowance is made for the fact that you're doing maybe a language and English and maths and a humanities subject, maybe even an art alongside that at the grading stage. So it's mm. a really nice alternative, I think. Okay, so it's an, it's an alternative path that students could take as opposed to taking A-levels. Does that mean then, you mentioned that this is done in uh, how many schools around the world, did you say? Did you say 3,000 schools? Yeah. yeah. 3,000 schools. That's a good number of schools, but they're schools all around the world. So does that mean then that this is more aimed at students that are thinking about 
working outside of the UK or is it just as relevant for students planning on staying in the UK after they leave school? I think historically it would have been fair to say that it was more internationally focused but UK universities have really come on board with the IB like philosophy and principles over the last few years and we're actually seeing you know a, a huge improvement in their engagement with the IB so a student now will experience absolutely no difference in what they're applying for at university if they come from an A-level or an IB background I think employers as a result of that graduate employers have a much clearer understanding of what it represents as well and also it's fair to say that A-levels are accepted at universities and onward paths you know internationally too so mm. there's not a huge distinction there um, anymore. Okay. And so how long has Whitgift been able to offer the IB as well as A-levels then? We've been offering it for almost 20 years now. It was set up by a wonderful theory of knowledge teacher and English teacher, Stuart Cook, who's still here. And Stuart has actually been instrumental in supporting other schools in the southeast of England to get up and running over those over those decades. I think I might be the fifth IB coordinator, um, director of IB at the school. And so, yeah, we've got a good track record which only seems to be on the up, both in terms of sort of outcomes and in terms of size. Very exciting time here. Okay, all right. Well, this all sounds very positive, very encouraging. Um, What does it mean then for Whitgift to be able to offer the IB as well as A-levels? Why is that a good thing for students? I mean, I think if you were asking me this question in sort of three or four years time, you might be asking us why is Whitgift offering A-levels as well as the IB? It's very much the direction that the school's moving in that, um, you know, I would love to see us on an IB by default kind of a model. The reason for that is that with um, rightly maintained sector schools in the UK doing really good work on their A-level provision, we are seeing grades increasing, we are seeing a little bit of inflation on grades as a result of you know, rightly so, these students really deserve it, but as a result of these changed awarding models over the last few years. And so for us, um, I think the IB is something that we really believe in. It educates the whole student. It's not just an education in a, a handful of complementary or disparate subjects. And so it's very much the direction of travel for us. And I I'm very proud to be offering an international curriculum route in Croydon. I think it's a really important thing for these local teenagers and families to have as an option. And roughly how many schools that cater for children at this age in sixth form uh, are able to offer A-levels and IB in the UK? Do you have any idea? There are a few hundred schools offering IB programmes of various sizes. Some of those schools offer it to sort of five students who have a very limited curriculum choice and there are schools that offer it to hundreds of students at a time. We're somewhere in the middle um, so we're about to have well we've got 50 students now in the lower sixth cohort. I'm very much hopeful that we'll have another 50 coming in next year perhaps even more and so we're considered a large IB centre but one in which I think there's still a sort of IB cohort feel within the wider sixth form. So in other words, then, if a student wanted to take the IB route within Whitgift, they're going to be in good company. It's not like there's there's going to be just a small handful of students doing it. Absolutely. We're able to offer all of the same languages that we are at A-level or even more sciences than we do at A-level. We've got a brilliant new course this year, Environmental Systems and Societies, that's going to be preparing people for, I think, the future of the economy and the way that the world's headed in terms of sustainability. And so there's really no deficit with Mm. choosing the IB 
as there might have been when it was a bit smaller in the past. Okay, so Emma, all of this sounds really positive, but let's let's assume for a second that I'm a parent and I came from a school where A-levels were offered, there was no IB at my school, I'd never heard of it, I'm hearing about it now, but actually it still feels a bit unfamiliar, I don't really want to take this route for my child. What would you say to a parent like that? I'd say that to that sort of parent that they're simply lacking the information that they need to make a truly informed choice. So with A-levels, we, you know, most of us have done them who live in the UK at the moment, who, who have children. The IB is a really credible alternative. It's one in which I think actually has a number of advantages that I haven't even come to yet. And therefore, in order for that parent, that child to really to really know what they're letting themselves in for whenever they make those A-level, IB, sixth form overall choices, to explore the IB in depth is something I feel very, very passionately about. In fact, it's something I've been doing doctorate research on over the last couple of years and something I hope to be publishing on Mm. very soon, actually. Mm. So tell me then a little bit more about what students actually study on on the IB. Yeah, there are five compulsory subject groups. So a first language in the UK, of course, that's typically English, although we've got a couple of Japanese students joining us on an exchange programme. Then a foreign language, which is the group two, Although you can do a classical language there and we've got some students doing Latin. You can in group two do a beginner's language as well, which is an option that students take quite often if they found themselves doing French at GCSE, but might be more likely to go to Spain on holiday or have a career in you know, Germany in the future. They then study a, a humanities subject, the likes of philosophy, psychology, uh, history, geography, um, economics, and then a science and maths. The sixth subject at Whitgift is then either a second subject from one of those blocks. So we've got a couple of dual linguists. We've got plenty of students doing, you know, physics and chemistry or chemistry and biology. But you can alternatively do a creative art as well. And I'm pleased to say that we've got a visual artist. We've got a, quite a healthy number of musicians this year um, who are truly maximising the breadth that the IB offers. And then on top of that, there is a course called Theory of Knowledge. At Whitgift, our A-level students will study a non-examined course called Critical Reflection. So the two are roughly similar in terms of timetable allocation. Theory of Knowledge is an absolutely wonderful thing, I think, to be studying in the current day and age, because the nature of knowledge is something I think that's really worth understanding and exploring and interrogating in advance of university, in advance of the workplace. And the first two courses that students here will study are technology and knowledge and politics and knowledge. And what better things to be studying, I think, I think they're just fantastic. And then all students will do an extended essay, which is an independent research project, which is roughly similar to the extended project EPQ qualification that many of our A-level students choose to take up. The, the great thing about the extended essay in the IB is that it is written in the disciplinary style of that subject if you were doing research on it at university level in the future. Okay. So in the sciences, it's a lab report um, based on real data that you've collected. In the humanities, it might be using sources and uh, interrogating case studies and that kind of thing. Give me a few examples of what some of those extended essay subjects have been in the past. 
So um, one of the most popular subjects in which to do an extended essay at, at Whitgift at the moment is actually world studies, which contrary to what I've just said, is an interdisciplinary option. So we have a student, if we have a student, for example, interested in energy consumption and production, they can do a world studies uh, sort of project essay, which incorporates knowledge of chemistry, perhaps say in terms of carbon dioxide production, but also knowledge of say geography, looking at sites around the world where energy production might become more sustainable or improved. We've had students doing world studies essays also on the topic of health, who've looked at sort of virus transmission globally and used mathematical techniques to analyse that. A few of my students over recent years have looked at things that have motivated them from their everyday lives, sort of, you know, squash balls and um, from sports and how they bounce at different temperatures. Why is it that we have to warm up that ball before we play? And students, you know, doing an extended essay in a foreign language have to write it in that foreign language about literature in that foreign language. Gosh. And so we've had some really quite striking Spanish essays coming out of the last few years, that kind of thing. So on the one hand, it strikes me then that the students are able to choose quite a detailed level of their extended essay. But at the same time, correct me if I'm wrong, the variety of subjects that they can do within the IB means that they're not narrowing down their choices too much. Is that a fair thing to say? It is. You know, a typical A-level student in the UK at the moment will finish with three A-levels. That might be two sciences and maths. It might be English, history and philosophy. And you can still do three subjects that are as rich, as complementary in the IB. They're the three higher level subjects. In fact, you can even do a fourth higher level subject, just as you might opt to do a fourth A-level subject. Um, the higher level maths in the IB has the benefit of going a little sort of a little way into the further maths curriculum that you'd see in A-levels. And so that's quite a nice opportunity for students who'd like to demonstrate to a university like Oxford, Cambridge, Durham, Imperial, that they're capable of maths at that really top standard, but who also perhaps might want to have an understanding of ethics or sociology or languages or just good quality cultural awareness and writing so it's a great option for medics as well for example. Okay Emma tell me a little bit more then about your position as director of IB because I believe you took on this role quite recently or at least in 2020. First of all what does it mean to be director of IB? It's such an exciting role. I think if, if I could choose any role in the school to take on, it would absolutely be this one because it's got quite a unique mix, I think, of working with students face to face, day in, day out. You know, I teach theory of knowledge. I hold IB assemblies. I get the cohort together. I motivate them. I hope I'm the person that they'll come to if they've got any academic questions or needs at all. I work with staff. Because we are an IB world school, that actually means that all staff who teach the IB will become trained to be an IB teacher. Now, in the UK, obviously, and at Whitgift in particular, teacher training programmes are really high quality. Our teachers don't need much topping up. But in those professional development opportunities, they'll learn about what the IB call the learner profile. Students who become more open-minded, caring, principled, thick, thoughtful inquiring and they'll learn about ways in which the IB recommends that those lessons be taught. They don't have to adopt those approaches at all times but I think it's got a huge net benefit 
to our school as a whole that we've got teachers you know cooperating with networking with teachers all over the world all the time in particular on these courses and then they come back and they share what they've learned with their departments and that leads to some really quite exciting pedagogy right through the school and then on top of that I get to sort of be a bit of a figurehead at the school for the IB I get to go to conferences and talk about what a brilliant place we are at which to study it I get to liaise with the headmaster and the deputy headmaster on all sort of academic matters and I like to think that I'm becoming more and more responsible for awareness of the International Baccalaureate in Croydon, in the community, in our intake, on open days and so on. Um, it's something I'm really excited about. If there's one thing I could do with this job, it would be to have everybody who ever steps foot in this school considering the IB before they automatically choose A-levels. It really is an absolutely wonderful choice. You know, we don't offer the middle years programme. We, of course, don't offer the primary years programme, but I think it's a sixth form curriculum worth taking. Now, I can pick up on this passion and enthusiasm in your voice, which is great to hear. So that's what's happening right now. But tell me about the future, your goals, your priorities. Where are you looking to take this in the future? Well, We've actually already done some quite exciting things looking at the whole school and how we ready students for the sixth form experience that we offer. We offer now global citizenship in the junior years and an Ignite project in year eight in the second form in which students actually conduct independent research that's very rigorously sourced, very robustly evidenced, even at that young age. So that's something that I look forward to doing even more of. You know, our I think our GCSE years at the moment maybe are very slightly overly focused on just that, the GCSEs. I think mm -hmm. there's more that we could do as a school to think about the overall enrichment of the learner. You know, we're not doing too badly here with sort of 80 clubs and societies and 400 <laughs> sports teams and so on. But, you know, I think that there's something academically that could be even more exciting happening there alongside the GCSEs, which are obviously really important. But yeah, I would absolutely love to see Whitgift become well known on the international stage as being a large, sustainable, very open-minded, very inclusive IB diploma programme provider. Emma, this is great hearing you talk about IB like this. I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself, though, as a person. Tell me a couple of things that you enjoy doing when you're not at school. Nothing at all to do with Whitgift, nothing at all to do with IB. Oh, that's a tough one because I, I will slip into the conversation, but I write a couple of IB websites. Um, okay. It's something, it's something that I feel quite excited about. During the pandemic, I was able to move my study IB course for physics completely online for free to any student in the world who wanted to take advantage of that. Wow. And okay. I think something like one in 10 physicists around the world um, who speak English took on that course opportunity and Gosh. used it to bolster what was provided for them so you can see wow. I do find it quite hard to distance <laughs> myself from the international baccalaureate um, and um, I and um, a friend of mine um, were able to offer free webinars throughout all of the sort of last 18 months really um, for quite a few hundred teachers in terms of distance learning in physics and recommended good practice there as well. I will also slip into the conversation, as I've mentioned, that my doctorate research has kind of, which I'm doing as a professional doctorate in education, mm -hmm. has very much moved with my role. And so 
when I was head of higher education, I conducted a nationwide survey of expectations of university. You can tell that that's one of my interests too. Mm. And now I've been interviewing about 20 students in the year 11 in fifth form here, all about how they are going through the experience of curriculum choice and using coaching techniques to find out what it is that they value and what it is that's making that process challenging for them. But no, on to actual interests now. Um, I'm in a punk band, believe it or not. Get um, out, no I play, way. <laughs> I play cover versions sort of in, in summer festivals and um, very occasionally in local sort of music venues and things with a, a, an otherwise all-male punk band. Okay. Um, I, and and what, what's your role <laughs> yeah. in the band? What do you do? I am the lead singer on about half of our songs. I've managed to wrestle a lot of the songs off of the uh, the other blokes in the band. Um, and <laughs> wow. I play rhythm guitar. Yeah. I mean, the students here know how limited my guitar skills are. Um, it's, it sometimes becomes a, a good bit of humour in the classroom. Um, but it's, it's a really nice thing to talk about from time to time, especially because part of the IB is to be creative, active and to offer services to the local area. I must admit, when I asked that question, that's, that's not the answer I was expecting <laughs> to come back. But that's a great thing to hear. That really is. I, I never would have guessed that at all. As a slightly more um, sort of demure hobby as well, you know, I often pop back to Northern Ireland, which is where my family are from and live. And, you know, there's nothing better, I think, than a weekend or a week in the Mourne Mountains, uh, which truly do sweep down to the sea, you know, hills, forests, water. What more could you ask? So I've been lucky enough to be able to do quite a lot of walking there over the last year, even though traveling internationally has been Quite difficult. That does sound like a world away from being lead singer of a punk band. I, I, I won't <laughs> lie. <laughs> and um, yet Northern Ireland's done so well with punk music over the yeah, years. Yeah. Um, Emma, we need to bring this to a close in a minute. But if anyone, if anyone's heard anything and they want to get in touch regarding the IB, what's the best way for them to connect with the school? The school website is a wonderful place to just start exploring all that the school has to offer, including the IB. It's got contact details for me on there as well. And Anybody in the admissions team equally will be able to put you through. More generally, if people want to reach out from an IB perspective, you can find me on the IB Find an IB World School website. I'm there, as are my contact details and a contact form, so, people, so members of the public can reach out in that way as well. Um, it's always lovely to hear from people, be it you know, students arriving in the UK for the first time at the age of 16, looking for a place to be educated, whether it's resource providers or potential collaborators, whether it's potential members of staff who might want to come and join us here at Whitgift, mm. you know, a top 10 IB school. It's a wonderful place to be. Sounds very encouraging. Really does. Um, Emma, thank you for your time here. And thank you for sharing with us, uh, well, opening up really the whole world of IB and sharing all of that with us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Simon. Appreciate it. So that was Emma Mitchell, Director of IB at Whitgift School. A big thank you to you, Emma, for coming on to this episode of the school's podcast to open this world to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then now is the time to follow this whole channel. It just means that you'll get a small notification the next time an episode is released. And that means that you won't miss it. But that's for the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.